0: Hello and welcome to Miss Bossy Boots. My name is Stacey Morgan and I'm joined by a very special guest today. Somebody who has already appeared on Miss Bossy Boots way back right before Corona became part of our lives before the COVID-19 pandemic and that is the wonderful Ali Garrison. How are you Ali? I'm very well thank you Stacey. Now Ali and I have a beautiful relationship where we get to be in touch like quite often. Ali is my I never know what to call her. I didn't know what to call her on the last podcast, and I still don't know know what to call her a year and a half later. She's my guru. She's my go-to. She's my um, source of all wisdom, and so I'm very lucky that I have Ali in my life, but we were talking the other day about something that has really come up for me so many times, and as we were talking about it, I said, why don't other women know more about this, And she said, well, let's talk about it with them. And I thought Miss Bossy Boots would be the perfect um, platform for us to have this discussion. I have three babies. As many of you know, you've been part of that journey if you've been a long-time listener to Miss Bossy Boots. And I think for a long time, I've carried around with me a lot of resentment about the fact that in our family, I had to be the person to grow and birth those babies. Not that my husband, you know, it's not like he was given the choice and opted out. It was always going to be me. But there was there was always a sense of, especially in those early days when you're parenting really small children and they're relying on you for feeding and they're relying on you for comforting and there is a lot of relying on you happening for that period between, you know, pregnancy and, and when they're really young, that fourth trimester. And so I think for many years I carried around with me you know this resentment of the fact that i had to do it and and nobody nobody else could do it and i was talking to ali about this and she said there's there's changes that happen to a woman's body as part of that childbirth process that we really don't talk about and that women don't discuss amongst each other and we often find ourselves feeling a little lost or feeling that resentment or feeling like we are not The way that we were before feeling like we're not ourselves and so Ali does that kind of dive you into the discussion that we were having and perhaps um from your perspective because of course you have four beautiful children and and you're a great grandmother now so you've well and truly had the experience of living through um all of the different stages of of parenting from your perspective and from the perspective of the women that you deal with is it just me or is this something that comes up continually amongst um your patients and clients
1: continually and i'll just um let you know i don't know whether i'm a great grandmother i'm a good grandmother hopefully
0: oh i'm sorry (laughs) i didn't realize that that was what i said i haven't
1: jumped a whole generation (laughs) do you have four beautiful children two boys two girls and three beautiful grandchildren, one, two boys and a girl.
0: That's what I meant. You're <laughs> a great fantastic, a wonderful grandmother. I don't know about that. Too, anyway.
1: <laughs> um, it's a great question, Stacey, because I think it's really relevant for the the present moment. Um, COVID has gifted us many things across the globe, but I think one of the main things that it has gifted us. It's given us some tragedies too, of course, don't get me wrong, but it is gifting us to perhaps reevaluate our life. And one thing that I've noticed across many different genres has been this consistent questioning about some of the way that we look at life in 2021, as opposed to, say, 20, 30, 40, 60, hundreds of years ago. And one of the interesting ones for me is motherhood because I know that myself, I went through major changes as I become a mother and subsequently with each baby that I had because quite often we're told, oh, you've become a mother and as a woman you're told, well, the children come first. And, of course, our children, our babies are, are, you know, blessings to us, but often that old way of thinking is incredibly detrimental to the mother but also to the children because the mother can have those feelings of resentment, loss of their own self, who they are, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: time for themselves because, God forbid, should they take some time, they're made to feel guilty. So this is where it's time for a change. So in the change there, we see the ability to perhaps look at it from Perspective that I like to call apply your own mask first. And by applying your own mask, you then have a tendency to know who you are, to not get lost in mothering and be able to stay true to who you are as a woman and then, of course, in your role as a mother. So it's very common, but I think where we need to, as modern day mothers of this time, all grandmothers, or great-great-grandmothers, <laughs> um, is to actually ask society and say, well, hang on, where are these belief systems coming from? Are these belief systems that were perhaps relevant back in the 50s or the 60s, but they're not very relevant now with where we are?
0: Very common. You said something interesting there, Ali, about you know our, our kids being our whole our whole world and we're putting our children first and our children come first and that change that happens when we become a mother and it's just – it's really hard. It's, it's really hard with that mentality to carve out time for yourself without feeling that immense guilt that you are not doing what you should be doing. I'm using air quotes, inverted commas, as I'm saying should be doing. But, you know, for so many women listening – they they know that. They know the importance of putting on their mask before they put on others. Do we do it as much as we should in practice? I'm, I'm not sure. No, we
1: definitely don't. I know for myself it was something that was inside of me for a long time when I became become a young mum, which I was, you know, not really young. I was in the early 20s when I had my son. But I fell straight into that, that sort of that thinking, you know, like I had a career, I'd stopped the career, you know, had the first baby, had the 12 months off, you know, had to go back at 10 months and had all the guilt uh, going back to work and leaving my baby, all these sorts of things. And I was just told that's just normal get on with it, you know. Mm. And it wasn't until I had my second child, my my daughter, uh, and again went through the process, 12 months off, kept it to the last day before I had to go back. But then went through all this guilt again, you know. And then all of a sudden, you just expected to slide straight back into being a working woman, mm-hmm. and you know, you do your eight hours at work, and then you get home and you do your other sixteen hours at home. It's like what? Like what's what's going on there, you know? And so it's about really understanding that applying your own mask first is essential, and this is why I love. All my heart, as you know, uh, where a lot of my uh, qualifications lie, because within Ayurveda we we teach balanced women equals balanced society. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean anything against same sex relationships or anything like that, or anything against men. This is about saying that the feminine, the the anchor of the feminine principle in the home is the epicentre, and then the epicentre of that home goes out into society. So this is a a wonderful, very strong philosophy within the Vedic way, which is that to apply and to connect to who we are truly as a person and a soul will enable us to be the greatest gift we can to our families.
0: And with that that. That balance because, you know, balance is a word that is used so much in the in these conversations. But when we're striving for that balance, we often feel guilty about the things that we're not doing. But, in fact, it's it, what you're saying is it's the reverse of that because if we don't balance ourselves and make sure that we, you know, that, that we're feeling good and, and that we're healthy and, and we're looked after – then everything else, everyone else suffers from from this point, from this epicenter.
1: Definitely, and it's actually, you know, personally, I have a real thing about balance because I, I believe the minute we work, we need to throw that work away. Yeah. The minute we have, we're retaining the balance. Now I'm doing, you know, hand movements, <laughs> the scales. But, but you know, we're always striving. You know this is really balanced and we've got, you know, perhaps our physical health or our mental health really well and then all of a sudden our workloads got too big and we're forever trying to juggle. Whereas if you come up to the premise of what I share is that if we come into the centre of who we are, if we apply our own mask first, if we connect to ourselves as a woman and then go from there, then we're centred and if we're centred, Then my teaching, which isn't my teaching, it's been taught for millennia. The ripple effect that we send out there is one that is truth and love and compassion, and we, best of all, we have the resilience which you need as a mom. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You you really need to have that resilience of um of understanding that you know the kids are having an off day. You've got more patience. You don't apply that mask. You don't have the patience. And then, I don't know about yourself, but I'll be the first to admit it, who feels guilt after you've yelled at your children?
0: (laughs) Guilty. Guilty. (laughs) Terrible. You really
1: do. So whereas if we allow ourselves this centering, then we have more of that sort of ability to not you know get cranky with them as quickly and you know and then spend the next you know 6 hours feeling guilty because we raised our boys.
0: yeah crazy yeah. which happens so often so for people who are listening and and thinking okay this makes sense i'm i'm essentially the center of 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 the family if i'm good you know happy wife happy life if if i'm feeling good then everything else ripples out from that the kids will um you know feel safe and feel loved and my husband will feel safe and feel loved and things will kind of go on a good path for people who are thinking okay this makes sense to me but where do i start where do you where do we where do you start <laughs> it's a really big concept you know what i mean it's it's not something that you can just and as i said before so many of us know this are we doing it practically no what advice do you have for women who who are hearing it, who are going, that's me, I don't want to continue this pattern, where do I start in breaking that cycle? First and
1: foremost is to be aware of it, to know that you know it's time to make a change.
0: Mm.
1: Once you realise how easy life becomes when you practise this, you will never, ever not do it again. You know, I tell the story all the time about the moment it actually switched over for me it was when I was looking into the eyes of my, at that stage, eight-year-old daughter who is now 27. And she had had a bad day at school and she came home. It was at that time when all of the girls, were, you know, learning where do they sit in pecking order. Mm-hmm. I was telling her she could be anything and she could do anything she was beautiful and she was, you know, perfect and all these things. And I'm looking at her thinking, oh, that's not really how I feel about myself. Mm. And from that moment forward, I started to change how I saw myself. And I think this is where a lot of the self-doubt in mothering comes from, because we're told we're to mother a certain way, or we everybody has wonderful advice for mothers. Yes. Whereas we all know that no one knows their children like a mother. Yeah. And so that's where that comes into play as well. So I think it's about society understanding that we're gifted children and that we love through our children and that by loving and, and accepting and starting to take the time for ourselves, then we will automatically do that for our children. So how do we begin? We begin by knowing that we want to create that change.
0: Mm.
1: Secondly, we start to actually find one thing that you can do each day that nurtures you, one thing that is going to help you to feel good about you. And for some it may be a physical thing and for others it may be stillness. Okay. It may be – it just depends on the individual. And that's another beauty of the beta way is that we understand that each, pe- each person is so individual in what's going to work for
0: them. That stillness was something that I really struggled with and, and still continue to struggle with, even though stillness is a concept that we've been talking, Ali, about for, ye- for years now. It's, it's, it's not easy when you – are constantly when people are constantly reaching for you for things people need things at work people need things at home you know you some people are asking you questions you're making decisions all day you get home and then you know everybody wants a piece of you then as well finding that moment for stillness what what advice do you have for busy women who rolled their eyes when you said you need to find stillness where where will i possibly find time to be still and to be quiet in this crazy life that I live. What is your advice for us?
1: (laughs) The funny thing is, is anyone that knows me knows that it doesn't matter how chaotic life gets, calm in the chaos is normal. Mm. It comes back to how do you view it and what tools do you have on board? So the breath is my number one to go to for everyone because we are all breathing. And as you know, I recently did something that I just said, "blah blah breaths," because people hear about the breath and they go, "oh," and they just switch off. I've spent over, you know twenty years talking to people about breath, but it's not because the breath is the only thing that goes through your physical, mental, and emotional self. So if you're feeling stressed, your body is stressed, your mind is overthinking. If you take thirty seconds to do something you're already doing, you're already breathing. But if you take thirty seconds to notice that breath, straight away you're going to feel calmer physically. Your emotions will settle, and your mind will calm. So the breath is the way. I, when I was studying my first uh, aspects of yoga, I remember. Part of the course and program was that you had to meditate. How the hell am I going to meditate with four little kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, sure. Because no one had kids at the ages mine were. And I had to improvise. So I started to do what I refer to as mini meditations. And I've just spent over 24 hours with my grandchildren. And at the moment, they're three, five, and seven. And so I was mini meditating (laughs) for quite quite a lot. And it still works just as beautifully. So breath, breath is the go-to. Simple sentence, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. Say it in your mind as you're doing it. Sounds so incredibly, oh, that's just ridiculous. But I still to this day say to anyone, practice that for 24 hours on and off during
0: the 24-hour period, Don't become converted. They'll do it. Yeah, and tell me it doesn't work because it is so powerful <laughs> and it doesn't need to be, okay, I have to sit down and no. and take a moment. You're doing it anyway. So it can be when you're driving the car. It can be when you're doing the washing up. It can be, I, I find mine come in a lot when I'm doing stories at night. So Patrick's learning to read. You know, there are times when it's working fluently. If he's had a big day, it's a real struggle. And those moments used to be frustrating for me. And I've incorporated my breath and my mini meditation into those moments. I'm sitting on the floor with him. He's, you know, his mind is busy trying to work out what word comes next and to sound it out. I'm breathing in. I am breathing out. That way I don't get frustrated with him and the pace that he's going at. But I also realize, you know, the benefits for me. In my, you know, how I feel in that moment, I'm no longer frustrated. I'm no longer rushing trying to get it done, to get them into bed, to get back out to the kitchen, to clean up, to all of those things because, you know, our minds are always moving as, as mums. So it doesn't have to be something that you have to put time aside for. We're doing it already. It's just being very conscious of it.
1: That's right. And that, that's the main thing that I think that a lot of people – get lost in that they think that they need to sit down, cross-legged, classic, you know, yoga pose and and meditate. No, 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 no. Where are we rushing to? Is this not our life? Is this not our experience? Is not today the most powerful day that you have in your world? Mm -hmm. You're actually living it. And this is the difference of taking these ancient philosophies and bringing them into daily existence. It completely transformed my life completely transformed how I mothered how I was a wife how I was a business owner where I prioritized being a daughter as well mm-hmm. stuff and a friend and so what it does is it gives you this beautiful clarity in your world that everything is magical and that's the one thing that as you and I talk about quite often what is the most important thing in me for me in my work and what I leave as a legacy, is saying to people, these ancient philosophies are here, okay, they're not going to be relevant for everybody to spend 20 years reading them and, you know, learning them and then working with them, but that we can show people how, as a mother and a grandmother, in this age that we live now, how they can be applied in a realistic way, Mm. That still is as powerful as they were so many thousands of years ago. Breath is it. It is the perfect place to start. No extra time. It's always with you. You don't have to go out and buy a new fandangled. You know. <laughs> yep. Stacy knows I have a great love. Sarcastically,
0: <laughs> not a great love at all for smartwatches. <laughs> I once walked into Ali and, and she said, you know, how are you going? I said, great, I've already closed my fitness ring today. I'm on fire. And she said, why do you need a watch to tell you that? Shouldn't you be able to feel that? And now now every time, you know, I have one of those days where I'm up early and, and I've closed my ring. I'm like, uh, it, the, the green circle is closed but I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel it. I don't need that to tell me. I can feel it. <laughs> so, Ali, if – I need to share with everybody where it really stuck with me, but, you know, before I got to the reading or before I got to really implementing it into my day-to-day, you gave me the challenge of taking three deep breaths before I got out of the car. Anytime I was getting out of the car, before I got out of the car, or before I started the ignition, I had to take three deep breaths. And that – the fact that breath has the ability to, to actually change something physiologically inside of you – was really helpful for me because it it went from something that was being, you know, airy-fairy to be be something that was actually molecularly real, something really tangible that I could actually, you know, really, really get around. And the difference that that made in my ability to be conscious in my day-to-day because there are so many times we're in and out of the car, especially with young kids, you're in, shoes on, buckle up. Off we go. It's you know, it's it's those moments that exactly what you said, this is this is real life, but I was able to stop and acknowledge and enjoy those moments that normally I would have just flooded past that have well just, would have just sped past. And now that we're talking about it, that's something I need to, to re implement into my life. I'm not perfect at it all the time, but when I first started doing it and I still remember the house that we were living in and where I would park my car in the driveway when I came in and where I would sit and do my breaths, that still is really powerful to me. So if if you need to set yourself a challenge, then every time you go to turn on the ignition, three deep breaths, and every time you go to unbuckle your seatbelt, three deep breaths.
1: Mm. If I may share, one of the things that I quite often say to patients is that if you look at some things you do every single day. So for you, we talked about the car and using the car as a bit of a bubble. Yeah. So we can use the breath, and it doesn't have to be three times. One mindful breath is is worth its weight ten thousand times of a normal breath that you don't you know, notice. So the average person breathes somewhere between eighteen to twenty five thousand times a day. Okay, depending on the on their their make makeup, their age, their health, and, and so forth, That's eighteen to twenty-five thousand times on average that someone has a chance to actually become very present mm-hmm. and let go of tension that's building up in the body. So it might be one breath that you just work with. I am breathing in. I am breathing out. It might be as soon as you wake up. It might be as you enter the shower. Mm-hmm. It might be as you boil the kettle. Mm-hmm. It could be when you put your keys or lock your hats. It could be putting your seatbelt on. Mm-hmm. It could be every time you stop at a red light. It could be every time before you answer the phone. Mm-hmm. You can see where I'm coming from.
0: Yeah. And if you're talking about one to three <laughs> breaths out of 18,000. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I know. <laughs> 20, 20 to uh, my,
1: my research, Twenty to 21,000 is your average be. Mm. So that's a lot of times. So that's a lot of opportunities that the universe gives you to become present. And I can tell you as I had more babies and my life got busier and busier and I had more businesses to juggle, it was always the thing that brought me back to me. And it enabled me to get up at four o'clock in the morning and keep going all day and go to bed and sleep really well and jump up the next morning. And I'm I'm no superwoman. You know, I'm just a normal mum. You know, as you know, I say all the time, don't put me on a pedestal. I've just got my own life and I'm sharing who I am. But I can tell you, ladies, this
0: is gold. Yeah. This is platinum. <laughs> I'm so glad that you've been able to share it with everybody, Ellie. I hope it has the same transformative effect with our listeners that it does that it has done with me. Just to finish up, we were talking about um, for those of you who. Um, don't follow me on Instagram. You're probably not up to date with where I'm at health-wise, but I've just had to have um more surgery as a result of the three cesareans that I've had for the births of my three children. And Ali and I were talking about the physical effect that that childbirth has on you, as well as you know we've we've touched on on the way that your your life changes um, in terms of a woman's physicality, Ali. And getting back to that feeling of feeling more like yourself, what can you um, what can you share and and recommend for people who perhaps don't physically feel like they used to? I think acceptance.
1: I think acceptance is really important. And again, we come back to society. Certainly, having it in the wrong in the wrong box, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, we each time we have. Life inside of us—we change as women, you know. Any, you know, it, it, the minute that life force is inside of you, your world changes. For some women, it becomes a joyous, incredible experience. For others, they're so ill that it—you know—it's terrible what they have to have to endure. And so, when we then birth those children, our bodies change, and our way that we see the world changes. And so it's acceptance of the impermanence and the changing aspects of who we are. It's also about nurturing and understanding that it is a sacred time. And I think society has a lot to answer for here with the way that women are expected to just have a baby and then just keep going. Mm. But no, if we look at the old traditional ways, it was beautiful. The way the Vedas would look at childbirth and, and looking after the mother postpartum was incredible. Uh, so it's about nurturing, acceptance, speaking, being really community, have a good you know, community around you of people who you can talk to about how you're feeling. And I think this has a lot to do with the mental health of some of our mums too, being experienced to be too perfect
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it's, and trying to keep everything in the air. So I think it's taking time, it's nurturing, it's acceptance. And for you, for those women who have more than one baby, it's also understanding that each pregnancy is very different because it's where are you in your emotions at the time, that each child birth will be different and that, the more children that you have, the way you mother will change as well.
0: Mm. Does that help? Absolutely. But no one tells you that, so thank you for telling people that, Ali. It's not something we discuss and and we often feel short-changed on the other side because we feel different or we mother differently or the first pregnancy isn't like the the sec- like the second pregnancy isn't like the first pregnancy and we feel ripped off or we feel, you know, it, it's – I think it's important that these discussions happen and that that is normalised, that acceptance um, is normalised. And, you know, it's not going to be easy every single day, but if if as many days, you know, out of seven as you can – you accept where you where you're at and how you're feeling and and the power that is within what your body has done for you and for your children, for your family, um, then that goes a long way. You'd be
1: happy to know I do discuss it in the book I'm currently writing. Good. Being a mother, because I think it's it is a topic that we do not talk about enough. And we're not talking about how we need to change how we view being a mother and how we, cho- how we view and what we expect from our mothers, whether they're in paid employment or not, because mm. every
0: mother, in my opinion, is a working mother. Mm. Yep. We discuss what stroller we're buying a lot, <laughs> but boy, I wish we discussed this instead. Well, I think it takes
1: courage for women to say it's time. And as you and I talk about quite often, and I and I talk about with a lot of my patients, is that you know we have to have to sort of stop trying to pretend that everything's okay. Everything's wonderful, but we have to be honest and real with who we are. Mm. And if we're not doing okay, then we need to say, hey, I what what needs to change here? And then be courageous enough to change it as you know and have seen different choices that I've personally made sometimes what we choose to do will not be the norm but as long as it sits well in our heart then that is then we're doing the right thing Mm. there's an old saying that um, I use quite often if you can look yourself in the eye in the mirror every night and know you gave it the best you can then nothing more can be asked of you Mm -hmm.
0: then that is enough
1: that is more than
0: enough. And you are more than enough. If you need to hear that today, let me say it again, you are more than enough.
1: You are. you are unique, you are beautiful and you are enough.
0: And that's a beautiful way to end this episode. Ali Garrison, thank you so much for joining us on Miss Bossy Boots. If you want to find out more about Ali and all the fabulous work she does, you can do just that at aligarrison.com. Ali, what are you cooking up currently? You're writing a book. Yes. In writing a book, yes. What we else have, have you got light. going on in the world? Uh, light and Bright program is, is well underway. Uh, Project 47 is doing wonderful things around the world. Podcasts are happening. I'm very lucky to be part of the Project 47 community, an incredible community of women, um, mothers and non-mothers, people who are looking to make the most of the time that they have to bring their very best self and their fullest self to their themselves, to their families, to their children. Um, if you want to know more, I encourage you to reach out to Ali because the work that she does is, is incredibly special. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Miss Bossy Boots, Ali Garrison. Absolute pleasure and honour. Thank you, Stacey.
1: You've been listening to another Morgan Media production.